Welcome to Healthcare Rounds. I'm your host, John Marchica, CEO of Darwin Research Group and faculty associate at the Arizona State University College of Health Solutions. Here we explore the vast and rapidly evolving healthcare ecosystem with leaders across the spectrum of healthcare delivery. Our goal is to promote ideas that advance the quadruple aim, including improving the patient experience, improving the health of populations, lowering the cost of care, and attaining joy in work. Please send your questions, comments, or ideas for Healthcare Rounds to podcast at darwinresearch.com. And if you like what you hear, please don't forget to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get started. Today's conversation takes place with Adam Wilson, president of BioPharmGuy. Adam founded BioPharmGuy in 2008 after gaining engineering and government experience in biotech. Professional stops for Adam prior to BioPharmGuy include BioPure, the FDA, and Henry Ford Hospital. His formal educational background consists of a chemical engineering bachelor's and a pharmaceutical engineering master's, both from the University of Michigan. BioPharmGuy currently operates out of West Lafayette, Indiana. All right. Well, um, after a lot of hounding, <laughs> yep. pestering, <laughs> I do um, finally, um, no, I just want to say thanks, uh, Adam. This is Adam Wilson. He's biofarm guy, uh, head guy, founder, creator, CEO. What other titles do you go by, Adam? I just go with uh, president. President. There yeah, you go. I do a president founder that works too, but yeah, I, I, I shy away from CEO. It just sounds too, sounds too important. I don't think it sounds too important. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, again, thanks for, uh, for taking the time out today. I think I mentioned sure. um, in our last conversation prior to this, that while I don't really know for sure what the composition of my audience is, I have a pretty good idea that the bulk of it is in the manufacturer side, so biotech, pharma, medical device. Um, but we also have a pretty substantial, I'm guessing, um, listenership on the integrated delivery network health system side. Um, so I think most people on the pharma side are aware of you, but the people on the health system side might not be. So. I want to get into all the history and all of that, but maybe just start off with just give a, a brief description of what BioPharm Guy is. Okay. Uh, basically, it's the directory of biotech and related companies. So, biotech, life sciences, medical devices, even the companies that focus on services that cater to those types of companies. So, you know, contract research and manufacturing that is in the biotech space, all these things, these are the types of companies we list. So, it's really a it's a really straightforward, easy to use directory. Um, it's, some people say it's a little old school looking, but I think a lot of people appreciate that. Uh, and you know, we spend a lot. The majority of the time here is spent making sure it's up to date. So we're always looking for new companies, making sure we're getting rid of the old companies. And so it's kind of come to over the years, it's come to function as the directory of record for the industry. And you know. Our primary clients are people who need information for sales and marketing purposes, and I, I'm pretty sure everyone in that area has been using our website for about as long as they've been working in the life sciences. So it's really, you know, I, I know it's a really good resource, and uh, over the years, other people have found that too. 
full disclosure, I should have said up front um, that uh, we use your resource um, and use your your database. Purchased that a couple of times now. Um, so I'm always interested in kind of like the backstory, and I'll give you mine after you give me give me yours. I don't know that I've ever really talked about it on this pod. Okay. Um, but uh, talk to me a little bit about your background and really the, the, the genesis of Biofarm Guy, how it got started. Okay. I like to keep it pretty quick because it can go on forever. As, as any entrepreneur, uh, I, I could say a lot or I could say a little, and it's hard to gauge without seeing who I'm talking to, whether they care. So I'll assume we're in the middle here uh, that people still yeah. care. My background is in biotech and pharmaceuticals as an engineer. And after I got my graduate degree, um, my job search, I wanted to search directly at company websites instead of job boards. And there wasn't a good resource that simply listed them all on a website where you could click them all and go search for jobs. So I kind of made my own in-house thing in a browser. And once I started working at a job out in Boston, I was spending uh, too much time playing Guitar Hero in the evenings, and I decided to do something useful. So I created the website as just that, a, a career kind of resource for people who wanted to just go look for jobs that are posted at company websites. And it was like that for a few years. And then as time went on, people started asking, hey, do you cover all the companies? Do you have mailing addresses? Do you have email information? And I realized, all right, there's a market for this stuff. I should figure out how to make this work. And so from there, I started to just integrate things that people had asked for, and it, it slowly climbed the Google search results. And now pretty much, if you're looking for a list of biotech companies, it's going to be the first result, maybe maybe the second or third in some cases, but uh, it's really it's really popular and it's really simple to use. And it's, I mean, the website's free to use, so people like that too. So that's kind of where it came from and where we're at now. You know, I, I'm I'm curious, and without giving away all the secret sauce, how is it that you can? I mean, I know you, this is your company, and you're dedicated to doing it. But how do you stay on top of all of the different developments? You know, I mean, are, are you living on these company websites? I mean, and I'll tell you why why I'm asking because I want to give a plug for your newsletter, which is outstanding. Um, it's it's uh, of the ones that I actually read every word of. It's yours. Um, and, uh, kind of has a, in places, a little irreverent tone to it, which I like, um, as I've told you before, we have one called our take, uh, that I, I know that I couldn't pull off, um, <laughs> what you do on your newsletter, but the stuff that comes out, the companies, the, you know, the, in just that newsletter alone, um, I'm just wondering how you're able to find this stuff like where where do you go without again giving away all your secret sauce not that anybody could replicate what you're doing by the way because it's <laughs> yeah, not it was, easy you know obviously with experience you just understand what the good resources are and understand processes that help you you know figure out what's still a good piece of information or not um i'll say one thing we do is is i go to every, every single website or at least check every single website every month to make sure it's still active if it's not we investigate um, I think I get 20 newsletters a day covering all different sub-industries in the life sciences. So there's good coverage in pharma and biotech. There's some okay coverage in devices and a little bit in diagnostics. And then there's even some other fringe areas where maybe it's regional, maybe there's some sort of UK life sciences newsletter or 
somewhere in the Netherlands or whatever it might be. Um, over the years, that coverage just has gotten better. So uh, when I first started, those weren't really good options. So it was more of just Googling and digging on my own in the early days. Whereas as time's gone on, those news resources have gotten a lot better. So that has helped. But, um, you know, the more popular you get, the more likely someone's going to correct out, correct your errors as well. So you get people saying, hey, this company's gone or, hey, you're missing this company in this region. And then, you know, we investigate and see if it makes sense to add. But, uh, you know, there's just a lot of different things. And since what we do is our primary business is selling information, obviously the information has to be high quality or else we're going to have a problem. So mm -hmm. we have a lot of different ways where we're just constantly we have people checking whether the pipeline is still accurate that we list, whether the executives are still there, whether the number of employees is still right. We do all those things. And in doing that, we find out more and more uh, sort of negative pieces of information. So one person might be looking whether an executive is still with the company, find out they're gone, then I investigate and it's because the company's gone or, you know, it was bought out or whatever might've happened. So we have a lot of different ways of, of ultimately finding out the fates of these companies and, uh, you know, getting rid of the bad companies is one of the best things we do. And adding the new companies is also obviously very important. It's a little more difficult because a new company is less likely to have a website. It's less likely to have more than one or two employees. And if it's outside of a hub, you know, there's no news coverage of that stuff with a professor who has one lab tech, you know, we're not going to find out about those companies very quickly or, and that coverage isn't perfect, but the real companies who are making news, I mean, we're not going to miss those. Yeah. And I mean, for your audience, um, and I think of myself as being, you know, and my company being one of those, um, the professor with the lab student or the three or four employees is not going to be important to us anyway. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, we're going to want to know, I mean, in some cases, pre-commercial, but we, we look for those as well. Um, and I, I know that process, I mean, <clears throat> we have, so at Darwin, we're tracking like 500 plus uh, integrated health systems. And in each one of those, there's an org chart, there's contact information, and if we're not on top of that, we don't do it monthly. We do it quarterly, but yeah. it's, it's painstaking. I mean, yeah. it's, it's and it, lining up lists and trying to make sure that you get the email addresses right. And, and sometimes like we use LinkedIn, but sometimes people leave and they don't, yeah. they don't, they, they act like they're still employed on LinkedIn when they're actually yeah. gone. Yeah. So. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons it can never be 100% accurate, even if you're doing it quarterly. That That's actually how often we do our contacts as well. But, you know, in biotech, there's a lot of movement. And like you said, if if people don't remove it from their LinkedIn profile, and if even the companies don't change their websites, sometimes people are gone for a year or two. And they just, I understand a lot of biotech and pharmaceutical companies, the website is not there for maybe, you know, to hire people. I mean, they're not anywhere near selling a product. So they don't really care what's on there. And yeah, I mean, I've seen people who have been gone for years and the company is still active, but they just didn't change their website for years. So yeah, you can't, you can't do it perfectly, but it's a lot of work to try to even get close. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm curious to know 
going back to those early years and you just made like a quick reference to Guitar Hero and, <laughs> and all that. But at what point did you make the official leap to say, this is how I'm going to make my money and I'm going to forego, you know, this other job or this other work. Like at what point were you confident? How long did it take you to get there? And what was the kind of like the linchpin? Yeah. So it was a little different than I think most people imagine, um, you know, the more common side gig kind of transition into that from your main job, sort of entrepreneurship. I didn't do that. So for me, my wife is a professor and she got a job at a college town that didn't really have a biotech industry. So when we came here, it was really, there wasn't really much for me to do, but I had the website. It was about probably two to three years old at that point. So it was gaining popularity, but it wasn't like top of all the search results and everything. So once we moved, I started to modernize the website, make it work better. And really just, I let it sit there. I mean, I kept, I, I, back then it was more of a hobby. So I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't checking everything every month. I wasn't on top of it. Like I am, like we are now, but uh, you know, I still, it was kind of a, every now and then when I had time, I would work on the directory, I would work on the website and make it nice or nicer. So probably for two or three years, it was just that, you know, I, I was just starting raising kids, um, spent most of my time doing that. But during those years, because it got so popular, um, it started to kind of force my hand, I guess I would say. So I was expecting the time, the timeline to stretch a little longer before it was hopefully going to become something. And people started asking for things earlier, and I did my best to make it work time-wise. And ultimately, it was probably about year five when it started to become a reasonable salary, you know, it was, it was something that you wouldn't say you were underpaid for doing. And then from there, really, it just kept going up. It kept getting better and better. Traffic to a degree kept going up. And uh, so it wasn't, I didn't have a moment where I said, all right, I'm, I'm quitting my job and doing this. It, 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 it wasn't like that for, for, in my experience. And you had a little bit of a safety net. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. 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 So, you know, I, I definitely interviewed for at least one job around here once, once we moved and it didn't make any sense whatsoever. You know, I had, I think I had five years of professional experience and they were suggesting that I would, should be willing to accept an entry-level salary and for a part-time job. And I was like, no, no, I'm not, you can, you can go to hell. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll, I'll stick with the website. And I mean, I wonder if I if if they would offer me a something reasonable. I do wonder if I would have pulled too much time away from this, and maybe it wouldn't have become what it was. I there's no way of knowing, but not taking that job was a, one of the best decisions I ever made professionally, for sure. Well, I can tell you a little bit about my origin story. So I was at Abbott, and I was in a management development program there. Um, so I saw all different sides of the business. I saw the sales, I saw, you know, marketing, my last job, I was a product manager on Depakote. The idea was to kind of circulate, you know, through the yeah. different parts of the yeah. business. So then you can you know, be a leader one day or something. It was actually yeah. a really good program. Um, 
but I saw, so this is going back a number of years. I saw a thing come across the facts and it was called heads up and it was just a bunch of headlines and there's an 800 number and there's a number next to each headline. So if you wanted to know about, you know, X company acquiring this, then you dial the 800 number and then you'd enter in a code and then you'd get another fax. I'm not making this up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not making this up. That that would have been like 94 timeframe. And, and so I thought just kind of in that instant, well, what if I did a one page facts, but it wasn't like I gave you the important information, in other words, a newsletter, but more newsy than a newsletter and get it all the news that could be fit to print on one page. And uh, so I would go home and for my day job and then I'd blog onto LexisNexis, which I remember was pretty expensive. Um, And then I'd write this up and then I had my Macintosh, probably SE30 in that time frame, or maybe something a little better, but the old school Mac with the modem dangling off the back and would send it to people on the fourth floor at the building AP30, it's what it was at Abbott. And I would watch them kind of use my product. I'd watch them read it and I'd ask some questions about it, but they didn't they didn't know. I mean, a couple of people, friends of mine knew, but they didn't know that it was me. So I'm doing this product <laughs> <I like testing. laughs> and I'm like, Oh, so uh, you're just so finally you faxing it up there. Like no one, no one had requested it. You're just sending it along. It, it, no, it was, it, I, I had the list of people and I had the fax numbers cause I nice. worked there. <laughs> I like that. So I'd, I'd send it. And then the assistants would kind of like, cause it would go in the middle of the night and there'd be like a little magnet on the outside of their door and they'd cl- clip it to that. So like the first thing that they would read would be, it was called healthcare business daily. And um, the reason I asked that question is I remember I was married actually to a different person at that time, but to a um, a elementary school teacher. And I remember like getting a new lease on a car um, like doing everything that I thought that I had to do because I knew that nobody was going to give me credit. I wasn't going to be able to get, have access to anything going off on my own. Um, and I remember, I actually wrote about this um, little part of my book that I wrote years ago. Anyway, I remember getting to a point after six months and just being so broke, like, Try, couldn't live on her, on her salary alone with our house and all that. We didn't have kids at the time. Yeah. Um, and then kind of changed up the business model. And from there it was successful. Um, but that feeling I've had that, you know, a couple of times in my life where, you know, being an entrepreneur where it's like cash flow is not there, bills are mounting up and it's, it's a really, really, it can be really stressful. No, I, um, I definitely can imagine that, you know, um, I didn't face that personally. I'm a, I'm a pretty conservative person when it comes to that sort of thing. And like I said, uh, if I would have been, I don't think I ever would have gotten rid of the website. It still would have been a thing, but I don't know if it would have become as important to the, to the field, I guess, as it is, if I had some other, you know, normal job out there, 
it would be hard to say no to that income when we had kids and stuff and you know on the hope that the website would have become something so yeah i mean i respect the people who who go through that and stick with it through the financially tough times that's tough it's, it's real tough uh, you know I, I respect them for going through with it it's it's impressive well it's sometimes it's just it's part of the deal i mean now you're in a situation where um you've you've created effectively this barrier to entry for somebody to try to replicate your yeah. your business would be impossible i mean it would it's taken you years yeah right? i mean Virtually, I mean, it would be very difficult. And that's, you know, I don't want to say impossible. That's just tempting fate. But, you know, considering how ingrained we are in the industry and, you know, we stay up to date on everything, uh, even if someone came along and threw a lot of manpower at it and tried to replicate it, the chances that they're going to steal our audience are, are very low. So, you know, as long as we keep it up, if we get lazy and do a poor job, then yeah, it's, it's there for the taking, I guess, but I don't plan on that happening. Well, and in, in, in a way, we're kind of in similar businesses. Like if if Darwin, um, if we didn't keep our information up to date, or if we weren't, you know, if we did a you know a report and it wasn't accurate. Um, I mean, I, I talk about this all the time, and one of our core values is integrity, and it's not just how we normally think of integrity, but it's also the integrity of our information and making sure that it's accurate, making sure that we cite our sources, you know, all of that, all of that best practices stuff. Um, so, well, Adam, thanks. Uh, do you have any other plugs? How do, how do people find, I know well, it's like uh, an easy, easy question to answer, but you know, yeah, I mean, the website's biofarmguide.com. But going back to what you're mentioning, you mentioned the newsletter that, uh, you know, you, you're enjoying it. And for anyone out there who isn't familiar, uh, I, I started this newsletter in, in January of 2020. And the whole point was really just to maintain a connection with maybe people who use the website, but don't purchase anything, or they're just casually using it every six months to prospect for clients. And Otherwise, we would have no connection with it with these website visitors. I thought to start a newsletter to kind of keep those people around. Um, I didn't really know what we were going to send in the newsletter, but uh, I opened up signups and people started signing up so fast that we I had to just start figuring out what what's this newsletter going to be. So I thought it would be a kind of a generic, bland update on what's biotech news and anything biofarm guy related. And maybe send it out every few months, stuff like that. But with the amount of people, I was just like, all right, I gotta, I gotta figure out what to, what to give these. I gotta give these people something. Right. So for a few weeks, it was kind of boring, just covering news, covering what I understood about the COVID, the coronavirus at the time uh, in China. Uh, you know, I have a little background in the industry, so I was able to give people a little deeper understanding than they could, they could glean from the news items coming from Asia. Because at the time, I mean, it was it was still months away from hitting us, so it was kind of it was kind of a problem on the other side of the world still, and I was kind of educating people on that a little. But yeah, after a few weeks, I tried I couldn't keep it straight laced anymore, so I started to get my normal tone of sarcasm and just joking around <laughs> and messing with news items that I thought were ridiculous, things like that, and. People really started to like it at that point. So I didn't I, I, I didn't stop with that. It's still 
it's a good update on interesting news. It's maybe not going to cover the the straightforward, like, you know, this company was bought by this company for a billion dollars. You know, it's big news, but it's not interesting to me. So I'm finding the more weird stuff going on. I'm finding the funny looking websites and making fun of them. I'm doing that sort of thing. And and I'm also keeping people abreast of how many, like the new companies we had at Biofarm Guy, how many changes we made. And uh, we have a monthly funding summary that people like to know what companies have gotten funding in the last month. You know, some like to target that sort of company for their marketing efforts. So the newsletter is all free and you can sign up at the website. I think you'll get one pop-up each day and it'll ask you to sign up. So uh, you can sign up there or there's a little, there's a menu item at the top of our website that says stay in touch, I think. So you could sign up to that, see if you like it. If not, unsubscribe, whatever. Uh, you'll probably like it though. A whole bunch of people in the office here are are subscribers yeah. to that, and it gets, I think I got uh, like a I think I got like a third of your people. <laughs> probably, like, probably. Yeah. But but it's really you know just side note before we wrap this up um, because I feel like due to my last business, um, which was called Faxwatch. I have a, a, a really good level of understanding of what content marketing really should be. And most of the time, when people try to implement some kind of content marketing effort, um, not just newsletters, but it's very, they're very self-serving. You know, they're yeah. thinking about themselves or they're trying to, you know, slyly promote something or they're, They've written a paragraph in a certain way so that if it appears on their website, it's going to get, you know, hits or links or whatever the case is. Yeah. If you, I think you and I have a very similar approach, except we're a little more s stiff over here, not not as fun. <laughs> um, nice. But that is, you know, like every Thursday, I get I don't know ten pages of links, and I decide, okay, well this is what I think that we're going to write and maybe editorialize about or contextualize. And these are the other blurbs um, that I think are important. So of all the healthcare news, and we have a diverse audience. So we've got um, pharma people, med medical device. We've got a lot of health system execs. That's how I said, you know, how I kind of assumed who would be listening to this. <clears throat> one of the, uh, our take is what it's called. Um, is one of the few places that we, you know, advertise for it. And it's important to me that, you know, we're not writing about Darwin. And in your case, like if I want, um, you know, all the big company stuff and who's buying who, I get the, that in like any fierce pharma, or yeah. if it's a big enough news, I'll see it in the Wall Street Journal. Mm -hmm. um, you're giving somebody something that is unique, that is different and, um, and entertaining. So I highly yeah. recommend it. It's the old news entertainment sort of. And yeah, I mean, obviously there's a few advertisements in it for sponsors and things like that. But oftentimes I, I every month or so or every couple months, I always tell myself like, you know, I really, I really should be advertising my own stuff every now and then. I always forget about it because, you know, that's, it's really not the point. The point is just to kind of stay in touch with people and entertain a little and inform a little and, uh, I think it's it's good because it's not it doesn't take forever to read, but it's 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 got a good uh, a good vibe to it that people enjoy reading in their morning, well, depending on what time zone they're in morning, middle of the night. I don't know. Yeah. 
Well, um, Adam, thank you so much. Adam Wilson, biofarm guy, president. Thanks for taking the time out. I really Yeah, John, thanks for having me. Yeah, it was fun. On behalf of all of us at Darwin Research Group, thanks for listening. Healthcare Rounds is produced and engineered by me, Sam Yates, with theme music by John Marchica. Darwin Research Group leverages the power of information to enhance human health by providing advanced market intelligence and in-depth customer insights to healthcare executives. Our strategic focus is on healthcare delivery systems and the global shift toward value-based care. Check us out at darwinresearch.com. See you next round.